Welcome to the Mediate.com podcast with Veronica Kramer. Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another great episode of the Mediate.com podcast. This is Veronica Kravener here, your host. And today I'm excited that we are doing part three of how to build a thriving mediation practice. And wait for it, this episode is all about how to build a thriving mediation practice for the master, the elite mediators. So I think we've got a lot of great content in store for you. And once again, I am joined by Natalie Armstrong Motan, and she is, I think, you know, the absolute expert at this topic. So I'm so thrilled that she is able to join us for this three-part series. And just as a friendly reminder, once again, she is the founder and managing director of Marketing Resolution, the author of The Essential Guide to Marketing Your ADR Practice. She is world-renowned, so we are so grateful and delighted that she was able to share her time with us for part one, two, and three of how to market your practice. So, hey, with that, Natalie, welcome back. And thank you again for coming on the Mediate.com podcast. Oh, Veronica, it's absolutely my pleasure. You know how much I love talking about our industry. This is fun and easy. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that we've had so much fun doing this. And uh, for those of you, if you hadn't had a chance to check out the part one and part two, so part one was for beginners. Part two was for the intermediate mediator. And that was, I would say was an extra special episode because Natalie was so kind and invited me to do the episode as part of her LinkedIn live Monday morning, Eastern time zone, um, uh, content that she does. So yeah, that was awesome. So thank you for that, Natalie. You're welcome. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. Every Monday is marketing Monday. So I go live on LinkedIn, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern. If you are connected with me or not on LinkedIn, you just click on my profile page. And then when I'm talking or when I'm talking with someone like Veronica, it's as though you're watching television and you'll be able to uh, get free information about um, marketing, promoting and building your practice. Awesome. Awesome. And it was great fun, Natalie. So thanks again for that. It was fun. Thanks for joining me. All right, so let's talk about now, you know, leveling up from the intermediate mediator to that master, that elite mediator. And so I think one thing I was most curious about that I wanted to start with is kind of like the mindset, like how do you know when you are ready to level up from intermediate level to master level? I think that's a question, by the way, great question, because it's going to depend on each person's character, personalities, goals, aspirations, endeavors, and how entrepreneurial they are. For most of my clients, that conversation happens when they start to ask me about, um, you know, I'm starting to have to manipulate my calendar 90 days out, 120 days out. Um, how can I change my processes? How can I change my, you know, do I switch to an online calendaring system or do I need to get an assistant or, you know, someone who can help me convene these cases? I'm, I'm being pushed around the dance floor in an unpleasant way. And I, you know, time management, practice management, I've got to make some changes to make that happen. So usually you sense it and you're kind of, I don't want to say at your wits end, but you, you just need a better solution. And that's when you know that it's time to go up to that next level. 
Awesome. And I mean, that's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> to have, to have so much more work. Yeah, it's every entrepreneur's favorite nightmare. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I know in our last episode, you know, we talked about intermediate level and we talked about different activities that folks are doing. I think you mentioned, you know, the writing, speaking, networking, social media. Can you tell us now as you move to the master level, the elite level mediator in terms of building that mediation practice, what's the focus now? So one of the focal points needs to be, you know, as a beginner, you volunteer your services. As an intermediate mediator, you're hearing cases, you're loving your life, you're in control of your own calendar, things are going your way, you're hearing different stories every day, you're helping people, all good things. Next is really sort of upping your your mindset as a business person. And we have a couple of choices that we need to make when we hit that next level. And one of them is understanding some basic math, honestly, Veronica, and that is that, you know, um, we can only make more money. At the end of the day, that is really important to most of us. We can only make more money one of three ways in our industry. We can do what we do more often, but if you're at this next level, your calendar is already full. So that's going to be a challenge. Um, you can charge more for what you do. So if you haven't given yourself a raise for a while, if you haven't raised your fees, now's a good time to look at your fee schedule and think about giving yourself a raise so that you can earn more for what you do. Um, or you can make money off of other people. And those are the three basic ways that we make money in our industry. And so whichever one of those is the natural fit for where you are in your practice development, that's what you need to explore. And then beyond that, it is, it is about really leveraging some super fun marketing um, activities. And so one of the examples that I always give is be Veronica, have a podcast. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great way to get to know people. Um, I mean, you know, you're providing content that's remotely accessible. I mean, you think about kind of the way things are moving in various industries, people really like, you know, on demand content. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Podcasting is awesome. It is now it's, you know, it's, it's maybe not for everyone. But it is one of those things that in addition to running your own practice and hearing those cases, if you've got the time and the, the technique and the equipment to do it, it really does set you apart. And I will suggest that you, again, copy Veronica. Veronica is creating podcast content that her primary, secondary, and tertiary target markets will appreciate. She's teaching them about who we are and what we do. Perfect. She's not asking anybody for anything. She's not selling anything. You don't have to pay a subscription fee. You can learn from Veronica while you're on the treadmill or walking your dog or doing the dishes or whatever it is. This kind of marketing activity is less about marketing and mostly about relationship building and establishing yourself as a credible authority. So when you finish listening to this, be Veronica. That's what you want to do. And you can, you can choose, you know, all different kinds of mediums. So let's imagine that, you know, Veronica was doing a YouTube channel. She would be just as effective at that than she is at a podcast. So a YouTube channel is, is terrific in the same way that a podcast is terrific. People get a sense that they've met you, you know, they get to hear your voice. 
they get a sense that you know you're intelligent you're a credible authority on on this this thing that you you know purport to be a professional at this gives them you know proof that you really truly are so podcasting uh, having a youtube channel fantastic uses of technology really fantastic well, you are so kind, thank oh, Natalie. Thank you so much for those compliments. And I'll, I'll say to the listeners, I promise I didn't pay Natalie to say that. That's <laughs> She's right. so kind. We, we no, right? Nudge, we, nudge. We, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it, well, it's it's true. You are that you are the good example. Well, very cool. Well, thank you, thank you. And um, hey, I mean, I you know this is just fun, right? Like I think um, what I've learned over the years is, you know when I'm having fun doing work, that's when I think I am at my best. Um, so I think that's something that at least I try to keep in mind. And uh, I guess one thing I want to follow up on, so you know, you talked about kind of the master level mediator, how there's different ways to kind of level up. So one is you know, doing more work or charging more for what you do or hiring others. So, you know, as we think about, you know, one of the options hiring others, how do you do that and still get those same rates if you are not personally providing the service, right? Because part of the service is uh, it's very personal and people want to feel that they know you. So if, if a master mediator, if an elite level mediator is thinking, okay, great, I want to level up, but the way that I want to do it is by bringing others on board into my business you know, maybe instead of just me mediating everything, maybe I bring on board other mediators to also mediate within my business. How do you convince clients that, you know, hey, use my, use my colleague on this case and not me, even though you know me the best? You know, I think that as long as that suggestion comes from being truthful with yourself and truthful with your clients or your prospective clients, they, they sense it. People know it. They know when they're being played. That's why we never sell in our industry. That's why we don't do, uh, you know, the traditional marketing. Because when, when you're selling the resolution industry, people say, whoa, 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 why are you pushing me so hard on this? If mediation is so great, it'll be obvious to me. I'm intelligent. I can figure it out on my own. You know, stop selling me on the thing. That's why we always provide information that is of value, is of benefit, is something that's actionable for them, that helps them, is, as opposed to you know marketing language or lingo or advertising or Google ads and all that kind of thing that just doesn't work for us. So we provide them podcasts with real information. We provide them YouTube video channels with real information. And when we bring other people into our sphere of influence, they are the ambassadors of that practice and they too must provide any caller or any visitor with something of value. So imagine, let's imagine that you and I have a family and divorce practice together and we've hired someone to be at the front desk. And so every time a client comes in, um, the gentleman sitting at the front desk is going to say, welcome to the office. Um, is this your first time? And you know, you might be anxious. Can I offer you a beverage? Or you know, how can I make you most comfortable? Or here's a video to watch or a pre-mediation workbook that you might wanna flip through before we start. Um, and just ask the open-ended questions because mediation isn't on law and order and people don't know what to expect. They could be really nervous. So the more we just train our ambassadors 
to be gentle with people and, and ask questions and, and think of themselves as a, you know, the host at a party as opposed to an employee in an office, that sets people's nerves at ease and then we can move on and do what we need to do. And again, if you're referring work to a colleague or a co-mediator or whatever the situation is, as long as it comes from a place of truth and authenticity, people know it, they sense it, and they'll be okay with that. I love that. And the thought I kept having as you were sharing that is it sounds like really, you know, if you're at that master elite level, what you're really focused on is branding, right? Like you, you've probably done all the right things that you needed to do to build the brand. And then as you continue to expand, it's probably a matter of protecting that brand, right? Maintaining that brand. It is. It is just a matter of reinforcement. And so, you know, when you're talking to the, the mediators who are the, the one percenters of our industry, um, they have really mastered customer service and client management. And I know it seems silly, but at that level of play, your clients expect and they deserve that their parking is validated, that their lunches are being catered that when they arrive in your office space, um, in, in person office space, they're being given a welcome book that says, you know, if you prefer um, this kind of dietary preference, the restaurant out the door and to the left, you know, 500 meters down is uh, kosher. And this one is halal and this one is vegetarian, you know, and they expect to be treated that well. You know, imagine that you are the five-star hotel and all of those things that they do for their guests, those are the, the same kind of mental and emotional needs that you need to meet for your clients at that level. They're paying for it. They deserve it. And it makes a big difference. Yeah, that sort of, that reminds me sort of of, um, so I've gotten recently into kind of this area called design thinking, and it talks about like service design. That's what that sort of reminds me of is like thinking about everything as a full experience from beginning to end. Yep, that's exactly right. What does your office look like? How does it feel? How is it decorated? Uh, what amenities do you offer? Um, is it clean? Is it orderly? Are there enough people, you know, at the front desk or in the hallway so that if someone walks out of a room and they need something, they can flag someone down and, and that need gets met? Um, do you have office equipment for them to, you know, print something or receive something or fax something? Or do you have DocuSign? Um, do you have online calendaring and scheduling? Uh, do you provide hybrid situations? You know, is your tech game really, truly, you know, competitive? People expect at that level that it is. And they're happy to pay for it. Um, but their expectation is that, you know, they get what they pay for. Um, yeah. So all of those little things really do add up. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm curious, you know, as I reflect back on you know, the other two parts of our three-part series. And we talked about in the beginning mediator episode, we talked about how, I mean, that's where mediators are gonna be volunteering their time just to get that sort of experience. But now we're at the other end of the spectrum. We're talking about the master level, those elite mediators. I mean, you mentioned the 1%. I mean, you know, without giving like too many detailed figures, like What's like, what's like the income range of people in like the top 1%? I mean, you know, you think about mediation as, as a profession, like what are those one percenters bringing in? 
in terms of business? So because technology is so robust, there's two very distinct differences. Um, so my one percenter clients, they charge about the same amount, but they manage their practices differently. And it's simply a matter of preference and entrepreneurship. It's just a lifestyle choice. So you choose for yourself which of those lifestyles you want to live, the income stays, um, or rather the fee schedule stays about the same. The income is has some variables. So um, it, the, my average one percenter client charges between 6,800 per day and about 8,500 per day. So nothing to sneeze at. Most of them have a full-time practice and a full-time practice is three to four days per week mediating. The other day or days of the week, of course, you're sending invoices, you're calendaring, you're answering emails, you're researching, you're reading briefs, all of those other things that have to be done when you're not actually in the hearing room. And that is a very busy full-time practice, right? That's a lot of hours each week. So about three days a week and, and their average salary. Now, if you have to maintain an office, so let's imagine that Veronica, you have to rent an office in downtown Columbus, um, and you've got to pay someone to sit at the front desk and you've got to have the coffee maker and bring in the lunches and validate the parking and do all of that kind of thing. Your overhead, you can expect your overhead to be anywhere from 17 to 20% of that income, right? If though you don't want to be that person, you don't want to be the solopreneur, that's fine. You can join one of the professional panels, JAMS, AAA, ADR services, signature resolution. There's a, you know, more than a handful of them. And they range, you know, prices are negotiable, but from your $8,000 a day, they're going to, to keep 20 to 25% of that income, but then they handle all of those things. They've got people at the front desk. They've got the human resource managers. They bring in the lunches, they validate the parking, they serve warm coffee and cookies, they handle all of that. So kind of at the end of the day, it's anywhere from, depending on how frugal you are, 15, 17% up to about 25% of your daily fee being spent on, you know, basic overhead kinds of things. So it just kind of depends on what your lifestyle choice is. Do you want to be an entrepreneur or do you want to outsource that, uh, you know, as a private contractor? Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, I think that's the unique thing about just the mediation field in general is that you've kind of, you've got that ability to sort of choose your own adventure, right? Oh yeah. That's one of the best <laughs> things about what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I love being in control of my calendar. Absolutely. Absolutely. It feels really so, luxurious in fact. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. That's why, that's why I'm on the path I'm on too. Right. Yeah, that is. So, you know, the, the next level up, um, you know, you can now, as opposed to volunteering, I mean, unless it truly is within your, your heart and soul and it's your passion, now, as opposed to volunteering for the local superior court panel, you can spend your time uh, really uh, making an impact societally, making an impact using your skills and your services. So you could do pro bono work. Um, you can do all different kinds of things for people who really need our services. You can be a speaker for we'll work for food and raise money for your local food bank. You can do lots of different things um, as opposed to, you know, just handling the, you know, the, 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 the court dockets, you know, your local superior court. That is necessary and, um, and we appreciate those mediators who do it. But the next level up has a little bit more um, intentional service 
to it than, than we had when we were first starting out. So, and then one of the things that I wanted to talk about is what kind of time commitment is involved in doing all of these things. And again, it has to be the thing that works best for you and your calendar. So you can use technology, you can you know, be smart about online calendaring and integrating your website and you know, handling all of those kinds of things to a certain, to a certain level. Um, before you have to hire a, a human or an assistant of, of some sort, as, as, you know, as marvelous as he uh, or she may be, you still need to have a, a pretty strong tech game. But the time commitment for YouTube channels, podcasts, social media marketing, uh, doing pro bono work, um, for most of us, it, that's going to be at least once a week. In a perfect world, it would be three times a week. But, you know, we're busy. If you really can't do any of those things, then you do need to outsource it. You do need to find someone to manage your social media accounts. You do need to find someone to get your articles published. You do need to find someone to edit your podcasts or edit your videos and get them uploaded. So you, you do have to pay attention to how you're using your time most wisely, um, but still meet those timely commitments. Because when we don't, our our clients and our prospective clients kind of wonder, well, gosh, I wonder if they're still in business or gosh, they must be really busy. I, I won't call or, you know, gosh, maybe something has happened and they're not well, but, you know, they haven't posted a blog for a long time or I don't see a current YouTube video. I wonder what happened. And if we let those little hints of suspicion into our primary, secondary, or tertiary target markets minds, that's a detriment and not an asset. So once we've built those assets, it's about maintenance and keeping them moving forward. Awesome. Well, very cool. Very cool. Well, hey, Natalie, I mean, this has been such a fantastic three-part series. Um, I mean, I, I have learned something at every step of the way, and I imagine our listeners have too. And, you know, I just want to thank you once again for coming on, for doing this three-part series. I think this is going to be really valuable and we should plug your website one last time. So go ahead and share our web, your website with our listeners. I I say what I do, I do what I say, and it is www.howtomarketmymediationpractice.com. I'm on all the various social media marketing channels. Find me, let me know that you listen to this podcast um, and that you've got a question or a concern or a request, or you've, you know, you've got something that you need me to talk about or, or chat with you about, and I'm happy to do that. I really, truly am devoted to your success. Um, so if you've got a question, please feel free to reach out. Awesome. Awesome. And I know you've got um, a really great workbook. I mentioned it in the second episode. I'll mention it again in this episode. And I know you are willing to share that to listeners for free. So if they want a copy of that workbook, Natalie, how can they get a copy of that? You find me on LinkedIn, find me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, find me on social media marketing, find me through my website um, and let me know that you listen to the podcast and I will be more than happy to send you a free copy of the workbook it, and it will be my pleasure to do it. Absolutely right. All right, friends. Well, that wraps up another great episode of the Mediate.com podcast. I want to give a special thanks to Natalie for joining us for this three-part series and for providing me with a free copy of her workbook that we mentioned throughout the series. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Mediate.com. For more information about Mediate.com's programs and content, please visit our website at www.mediate.com.